0: Hey everybody, it's so good to be able to come to you again, to all of our wonderful Inspire Church family. I pray that you're blessed, you're healthy, you're strong, your family is the same, and that you're enjoying the rich and abiding presence of God. I want to speak to you this today from uh, something that I've actually talked about before, but I feel like now particularly it is very important that we understand the subject that I'm going to bring to you, and that is, why should we pray? Why pray is my subject. And in Luke 18, we're going to look at a text of Scripture. Jesus is speaking in verse number 1, Then he spake a parable to them that men ought always to pray and not lose heart, saying, There was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man, now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him, saying, Get justice for me from mine adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And then in verse 7, Jesus asked the question, And shall not God avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on earth? One of the most compelling and important of questions that you will ever ask in your life is, why pray? Why should we pray? The reason that is so important is if you can answer that question, it will help you understand the absolute and vital necessity of prayer, not just in times of crisis, but in all times, all seasons, on all occasions. It might be good for us to first of all define what prayer is. Prayer is basically communication with God. Now, there are different forms of prayer. Um, you might have heard people pray very, very formal prayers using the old King James, these and thous and shouts and words like that. That's not necessary. When you converse with God, I want you to understand that all you have to do is communicate with Him from your heart. And He understands what you're saying and values your coming to Him. The Lord tells us, in fact, he said, when you pray, pray after this manner, meaning that at some point in everyone's life, we will pray. And the tragedy is, is that many of us wait until great times of crisis to do so. And the reason we do is we haven't resolved this why pray question in our minds. And one of the reasons that we pray is simply because we're co-laborers with Christ with Christ and I'll talk to you about that in a moment and we are literally in prayer birthing his plans for our lives and for the world everything that God ever wanted to have happen in your life everything that you will ever need to fulfill your destiny he's already released it in the heavenlies and spoke that into existence when you were created now what we do in prayer is we reach up into the heavenly realm appropriate and pull into this dimension the things he has spoken over our lives that's why some people go through their lives without seeing the full measure of what God wants them to experience it's because they haven't prayed as earth's partner with God we reach up in prayer and intercession to bring into this dimension what he wants to be present in our life and that includes the resources the grace the favor, the healing, the blessing, the anointing, and anything else that we might need. But back to the question, why should we have to do that? And when you consider the attributes of God, you wonder why prayer is necessary. And Jesus tells this parable, probably modeled after either Pontius Pilate or maybe even King Herod, or at least someone, because he said, there was a certain judge in a city and this judge feared neither God nor man. And the point is, is that Jesus is telling us that we ought to continue praying because the woman went to this judge and she was of not high stature or position in society. She was a widow lady and apparently she had no relatives to help her in her dilemma. And so the judge saw no political benefit or monetary gain in him responding to her request and yet she kept coming day in and day out until finally this unjust judge was moved and compelled to respond to her need, and he said I need to go ahead and take care of this because every day she's coming and she's disturbing me now here's the point Jesus was not comparing himself to an unjust judge He was showing that even if an unjust, ungodly person could be compelled to respond to your request, how much more will a loving God respond to your need? But, again, we ask, why should we have to do that? The attributes of God are such that they make us wonder why prayer is even necessary. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. That means there's nowhere He isn't and he knows everything that we're going through because he's also omniscient. So there's nothing that we go through that he's not aware of and that he's not right there beside us in his omnipresence to see that is occurring. He's also omnipotent. He has all power. There isn't anything, and I mean there isn't anything that he cannot do. He asked Ezekiel, can these dry bones live? And Ezekiel was wise enough to say, you know the answer to that question, Lord, because God can speak worlds into existence where there are none with the power of his word. But God is not only omnipresent and omniscient, he's also omnificent. And that means he's always generous and creative toward us. The prefix omni, as you know in the Greek, means all. And when you add these other words to it, like present or niscient, meaning omniscient, and you provide, uh, as it were, a, a, a suffix to this prefix omni, you're creating a compound word that has tremendous meaning when it comes to understanding the nature of who God is. He's omnipresent. He's omnipresent. Potent and that means he has omnipotent. He has all power, but he's also as I said omniscient and the word Omni in the Greek is literally compounded together with the word "beneficent" or beneficent to be able to mean that he's always Generous and creative toward us. That means he's ever-loving There's not a moment when he doesn't stop loving us or doesn't care. I love this verse in the New Living Translation from Malachi chapter 1, verse 2, I have always loved you, says the Lord. Always. From the beginning, before you were born, God loved you. Till this present moment, and nothing you've ever been through or done has caused that to stop happening. There isn't one second of your life that God doesn't care for you. So if he's omnipresent and he's omniscient and he's omnipotent and he's omnificent. then why do we even need to pray because he knows what we need he, he's there he has the power to fix it and he's always generous and creative and loving toward us but I want us to look at the context in which Jesus told this parable at the time he came to earth Israel had gone through 400 silent years during which there was no thundering voice of a prophet or word from God the heavens were silent There were two, as it were, major denominations that existed that had evolved within the Jewish faith. There were the Sadducees and the Pharisees. The Pharisees and the Sadducees did not believe the same things. The Pharisees believed that what was important is that you appeared to be pious and devout. And so they prayed at street corners where they could be seen, as it were, from all four directions. And they prayed that they might appear to be holy to men but they weren't expecting an answer. It had been 400 years since there had been a, a, a voice from God that had spoken. The Sadducees believed that God created the world like an enclosed continuum, and a, as it were, a terrarium, and that He stepped out, closed the door behind Him, and never intervened or interfered in the activities on earth ever again. And so, if God answered prayers to either one of these groups, they would have fallen over in dismay and surprise. They would have been shocked. It is in that climate where people did not expect to hear God speak or God answer that Jesus said, you ought to always pray. Because if an unjust judge can be compelled to respond, how much more will a heavenly and loving Father respond? As I said earlier, prayer is a divine partnership with God. And I'll never forget when my oldest grandson, Andrew, was just a little guy. And I came home from the office one day here at church. And my son, Jonathan, was mowing our backyard. And Andrew, who was only four years of age, was helping him. And standing there, having to reach up to hold the handlebars of the lawnmower. And my son, John, was having to walk bow-legged to keep from stepping on the heels of Andrew his son and when Andrew looked up and saw me he said look Papa I'm helping daddy cut the grass and the truth is is that John probably could have done it better without him but he was letting him partner with him in the enterprise that was at hand when we pray our Heavenly Father really could probably do it better without us but he lets us partner with him and that is why he said we should pray Thy kingdom come. We're partners in helping the kingdom be birthed in the earth. God told Abraham that his descendants would be slaves for 400 years. But God did not deliver them until he told Moses in the desert, I have heard their cry. When you cry out to God, even though God's plan is to do something, when you lift up your voice to him, he hears He responds, God told the prophet Jeremiah that Israel would be in captivity for 70 years. And at the end of 70 years, Daniel read the scroll of the prophet Jeremiah and realized the 70 years were over. And he set his face to begin to pray in Daniel chapter 9 and verses 2 through 3. He said, in the first year of his reign... Speaking of the king, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of the years specified by the word of the Lord through the prophet Jeremiah that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem And then I set my face toward the Lord God to make request by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes In chapter 10, Daniel prayed on another occasion, this time for 21 days And here we find another reason why we must pray. In Daniel 9, he's praying, though God has already spoken the word, Daniel has spiritual perceptivity enough to understand that when you pray, you reach into the heavenly realm to bring into this dimension what God has decreed over your life or over a nation. These are times of prayer, times when we need to seek God, times when we need to call upon Him. But there will always be opposition to prayer as well. And that's what we find in chapter 10. Because when Daniel began to pray and fast, he fasted for 21 days. And when Gabriel finally showed up, God released the answer. This is what Gabriel told Daniel. He said, the prince of Persia, the dominant spirit, the principality over that that kingdom where Daniel was at, that that principality withstood him and daniel is informed by gabriel that he called for michael the war angel to come and he came and together they defeated the enemy the ruling principality of persia and this is what gabriel told daniel your prayer was heard the very first time you prayed the very first time you prayed the first day i wonder what would have happened if daniel had only prayed 20 days you see sometimes we don't pray through on a situation we don't pray through until we get a hold of god we don't make our way through the opposition because between the heavenly dimension and this dimension there is the prince and the power of the air who rules the dimension between the two and so when we pray jesus said don't lose heart don't faint keep praying keep knocking in fact when I was a little boy being raised in church they used to say these words that if you really had faith you'd ask only one time and stop but I looked at the Greek where Jesus said ask and you shall receive seek and you shall find knock and it shall be opened and do you know what it actually says it says ask and keep on asking seek and keep on seeking Knock and keep on knocking Until your answer comes Until your miracle arrives Until you get healed Don't give up Beloved prayer works It really does Father in the name of Jesus I pray for this incredible congregation And assembly of believers Would you teach us to be patient And to wait on God in prayer And do what Paul said Pray without ceasing Until you calls those things that you have decreed over our lives the provisions the blessings the favor the anointing the grace the open doors the protection would you help us to persist in prayer and pray without ceasing until they come encourage the congregation because in the darkest moment when it looks like there is no hope we may be like Daniel only one day away from a breakthrough one day away from an answered prayer in jesus name we ask amen congregation we love you so much god bless you can't wait until we assemble again